answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. And I'm Pat McLean. Glad you are with us on this great day as we talk about financial matters. Both myself and my co-host here, we're both financial advisors, certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant. We spend our weekdays with people like yourself and um, broadcast here on the weekends to be your financial advisors on the air. And if you would like to be part of our program, I'd love to take your call. Just you can call us by 833-99-WORTH. That's the contact number to be part of the program, 833-99-WORTH. And um, love to take your call. We've got a great program today. In addition to calls, I'm going to talk about a couple of things. One is change in the retirement laws that impacts both the age we have required minimum distributions, pushing that out from 70 and a half to age 72, and uh, essentially eliminating a great planning technique, particularly those with larger retirement plan balances on the stretch IRA. Stretch IRA. Essentially what happens when you pass away, leaving your Retirement plans to heirs. Yeah, and it may cause uh, people to uh, treat their distributions a little bit differently. Clearly, and um, some trusts that were set up specifically for this are going to need to be uh, rewritten. So we're going to dig into that after we take your call. Dig deep. At 833-99-WORTH. And then we want to um, talk a little bit about a cautionary tale. Of, I think um, what we can learn from this, yes, on um, an, an advisor that is being charged with fraud by the Securities and Exchange Commission hasn't been convicted, but he's being charged by with fraud. By the way, if the Securities and Exchange Commission charges you with something, eh. what are you saying? You're implying that guilt by just because they're it's uh. It, it they don't do it's it. It's kind of like if you go to if you're called for jury duty and they start asking you questions. Well, I mean, you wouldn't the district attorney wouldn't bring the charges unless the guy was guilty. Well, that's all right. Well, fair enough. <laughs> almost what you're implying. So this fair is still enough. alleged. It's alleged. But we will show. We will pr- pr- provide an example of some testimony hearsay perhaps from yes but this is not a court of law so um <laughs> it's not it's, it's court probably, of public opinion <laughs> it's probably admissible yeah and we discussed earlier before we went on the program of uh, our own um potential liability a potential lawsuit from um this person said individual but um we figure it's worth the risk because trying to expose what we think is a bad business practice is not good for the consumers. Yeah. yeah, and there's some other characters like that, frankly. So we'll talk about that uh, as well. So good program. Anyway, let's start off with some calls. Let's head to the Bay Area and talk with Jennifer. Jennifer, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi. Hi, Jennifer. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Sure, what can we do for you? So, okay, so I just turned 35. Um, and my husband and I kind of just started getting into the whole financial planning, retirement, where we want to go, what it needs to look like, that kind of stuff. And um, one thing I'm having a tough time trying to figure out what to do, and it's not necessarily totally retirement, but is kind of setting stuff up for college. I have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old, mm-hmm. and I know I actually already set these accounts up, and I'm just trying to figure out how much I should fund them, if I should fund them, like pros, cons, what you think I should do. Um, and I'm talking about like a 529 and then a UTMA, the Uniform Trust and Minors Act, or okay. yeah. I think that's what it's called. So trying to figure out, um, you know, if I should put use both um, or... What are you using now? Do there. 
What are you using now? I just save, just savings. Oh, you're so not I, putting any yeah, money into like, either the 529 or a UTMA. I just opened it like last month. Which, which one? I'm trying, I need to that, fund it. That was my question. Both which one? Okay. Both. Okay. <clears throat> All right. And are you saving are you saving money in your 401k now? So we are self-employed. We're actually, we just set up a 401k through our business. So we're just setting that up. We have little 401ks from when we worked corporate jobs like a while ago, but, um, but yeah, we're setting that up and we're just saving regular okay. money in bank account. Nothing, nothing good. And okay. how long have you had your Straight business? Bank account. 10 years. And, um, what's the approximate, um, annual income Net income for like family? Uh, do you, both of you work in the business? Yeah. Okay. So what's the net income and for the family? Um, like, well, it's, con- you know, it's gone up year over year, but like about 800 or 800,000, so, maybe like pushing a million. Yeah. And net, net. It's, it's been good. Okay, yes, good. Net. It's it, been good for the last few years. There Very you go. good. So okay. I have, we have some cash that we need to figure out what we want to do. Got with. It. Okay. okay. All right. So if you're sitting in my office, uh, we would go through this list checklist and, and you may have done this already. I would make sure that you had both significant amount of term uh, life insurance on yourself. So I assume you check that box. Well, we don't have that, no. Okay. Well, I'm just going through the list of if you were sitting in my office and I had never met you before and you asked about Mm -hmm. college savings, I would say, say say before we discuss what to do there, let's just go through the checklist of what we should actually, in terms of what we should do first. So the first thing you would do is you would look at life insurance, some inexpensive 10 or 15 year level term life insurance. You can buy it online for both you and your spouse. Then I would look at some disability insurance for both of you. Do you have employees? Yeah. How many employees do you have? Like 20. Okay. So it's a, it's a real, it's a real business. Then, then I would, so I'd look at disability insurance for both you and your, your husband, uh, your spouse and check that box. Right. And then the third thing I would look at is your retirement savings. I'd look at an emergency fund, you know, how much money do you have in cash or what's your credit balance? And I, we'd look at that. And then the fourth thing I'd look at is what's your debt. And then the fifth thing I'd look at, look at maybe that's number six now i lost count (laughs) is i would look at the college savings that'd be that'd be so far down on the list um okay right anything else i think we're kind of doing all that and this is one thing where got it okay not to say we shouldn't ignore it i'm not just i'm not i'm just telling you uh, the level of importance because what happens many people focus on their children right thinking Mm -hmm. well this is the most important thing but if you're not there and there's nothing to replace your income. The kids aren't going to college. And the- we've met, we've bo- we've done, been doing this a long time. We've both met with um, widows and widowers, mm-hmm. um, and then trying to figure out how to make finances work. And that have fully funded five twenty nine plans, but actually didn't have any life insurance. That you know to, to mean, fix the, the plan rest of it. Fund it but yeah, yeah. So those are the order in which okay. you want. And how much how much money do you guys have saved right now? In the outside um, of the business, like two. Yeah, like two million. Okay, and I assume there's no debt on other than the mortgage on no. the house. Um, all right. right. So, so you this, guys have done a great job saving. You're incredible. You you, you don't spend a lot Thank of this you. money you're making. You're good no. savers. No, we I was very surprised right. when you told me how much you had saved to be. Because I, I was too. <laughs> I was. <laughs> I was waiting yeah. for like a couple of, hundred thousand. Yeah, I, yeah, I was. Like, I was ready for about yeah, sixty thousand or something. I was gonna say okay then. Um, so you want to do the five twenty nine plans? I'd drop. Um, I'd drop a hundred. Well, you can. Here's what you know. You I'd would drop. Just, you would. You would run the numbers backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the best way to do this, frankly, is to say, all right, what's it going to cost per year? So I have um, two children. My uh, oldest is in second year grad school, which I wasn't planning on paying for until she actually went. I didn't think she'd ever go to grad school. Mm -hmm. I didn't think she's going to go to college, frankly. (laughs) She's a great student, though. (laughs) I know she has a miracle Um, because if you saw her when she was 15. Anyway, another story. But um, I had I had said I'd used the 529 since they were young and. Planned for four years of education, uh, for, and I have mm-hmm. a son who's a senior at Boston College. So they both end up going to private schools, and I pretty much accounted for that and factored that in, and said, "All right, what's it going to cost?" So let's assume it's going to cost you 
fifty grand a year for per child. Mm-hmm. All right, the beginning ten years out for your eight year old. How much do you need to put away yeah. now and grow it at six percent? Uh, what what it okay. needs to be funded for, and then you could lump some fund it, and then you would put it in an an aggressive age-based uh, 529 plan either in the state of Utah. You might use the... the or the scholarship plan or the scholarship the or the California one. If you... Okay. Either, they have, they have plans... backwards and figure out. Yes, and yeah. they have plans that um, th- th- become more conservative as the child gets closer to college. Right, because okay. you, the last thing you'd want is 100% in stocks. Your oldest is about ready to go to college. There's a major market downturn. It's like, uh-oh. Let's forget about going away to college. You're going to JC now, right? I mean, maybe that's not the worst right, thing in the world, right. but <laughs> that's not what you want to have happen. So it automatically will. And remember, if you don't use it on the oldest one, you could use it on the second oldest one, and you could actually then use it on grandchildren. It's it there. It's funky oh, the way okay. it's actually designed. So I actually didn't mind. I just did the math real quickly in my head when, I, but I am an investment advisor, so it wasn't hard for me. Um, and what I didn't count for is the travel. Back and forth to, um, you know, my, my son decided to go across the country. And so my wife, of course, wants to visit a couple times a year. And then also, mm-hmm. I'm just being totally transparent. Okay. She likes to stay in a nicer place when she goes back to visit the kid. And then I will only we allow- live in the foothills of the Sierra. There's not a lot of like shopping there. So when we're back in Boston, she likes to go down the Beals, Beacon Street, Beale Street, whatever that, whatever Beacon, the shopping. Beacon. Beacon's not the shopping. There's a street, okay, which I hate going. Any kind of shopping is painful. So I didn't account for the abuse I would have actually for this. Oh, it sounds awful. Anyway, with my children, the <laughs> only place I would allow them to go is where we could get a direct Greyhound bus to. Greyhound. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that's that, the thing too. I don't know if they will go to college, but most but, likely they will. Yeah, so I. It makes sense to put money in there. Yeah, right? co- correct, correct. And you guys are doing so yeah. well. You're, you're, you're actually I'm doing not, very, very I'm well. I'm not a fan well, see, of this the... This is a problem, though. I feel like that's what I... I've talked to a few different financial people. They're like, oh, yeah, you're doing fine. Everything. No, 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 and your all your focus, oh, yeah. all your focus in, in, on this person has been on your business, growing the business, all that stuff. Oh my gosh, yeah. Right now, the business, and suddenly you we wake just pulled up. Pulled our heads out of the sand. Right, yeah. you yeah. wake up and you're like, "Holy crud! We've got a lot of money saved. We got a great business. We need to we need to be responsible for this and make the right. We need to make prudent decisions here." Exactly. And that's why we that's went through I'm that. At. I went through that list in that order. So don't yeah. ignore any right. part of that list. And that, no, and, right. and listen, okay. and Jennifer, I, Scott and I can relate to, to, we started the business 27 years ago and with, I don't, we, pulled, I moved to town. I, was, I couldn't even afford rent by myself. I was renting a bedroom out of, um, a firefighter's house. Yeah. yeah my, when I, 300 first, bucks a month. when I first started in the, uh, the business, I, I bought my car from a repo lot to drive around town. Did you have a piece that was a different color? <laughs> yeah. The, the fenders never matched because I replaced the fenders. Um, but the, uh, I get where you're at. I get where you're at in, and, and yeah. you know, that's the nature of the business. And hopefully, you know, 10 years from now, it will be a much larger business, but the business is built to, to for you Right. It was built to serve you, not for you to serve the business, which is this big distinction mm-hmm. between the two. And now that it's actually serving you, you've got to be a good steward of those assets. And so the 529 right. plan is part of it. Um, and it wouldn't hurt you to sit down with a qualified advisor no. <laughs> that's not trying to sell you a bunch of stuff, uh, which is always yeah, the, the first thing. I, yeah. The first thing I went to and, you know, kind of started this, they were trying to sell me a huge um, whole life. No, policy, gosh, I started there. See, and then I'm like, oh my god, what do I do? So, so then I feel like you know I'm totally taking steps to knock these things out, doing the 401k for our business, blah blah blah. But the one thing I need to fund these accounts for my kids, and I don't know, can I just put a ton in it? Can I put like 50 grand in it? Oh, you could put today. You could put 50 grand in it tomorrow, and and believe me, that the amount that you're going to need to fund to satisfy their, more than 50 grand is going to be more than 50. And I would I would do it all. I would fund it immediately. I'd fund it all once. My guess is it's going to end up going. It's going to end up being somewhere around 100. And, I could do it 110 to 150 grand. But I wouldn't use the. I'm okay, not a big you're not fan. Penalized. 
Well, the penalty is you know for like gift tax or no, 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 per year. Yeah, it's much more than that. I forget the number. I don't know anyone. I've never seen anyone hit that number. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I've never seen anyone hit that number. But if you wrote a check in, if you did nothing else and wrote a check in tomorrow for a hundred thousand dollars before you did the financial planning, don't go to a broker and try to put it through that. Just put it in the. the aggressive age, um, it's called an ad, the aggressive age based age based plan. In the state of California, it's called Share dot com. Okay, it's, and then okay. then you'll really want to figure do out. Don't I? I don't own whole life insurance. I would not recommend you buy any whole life insurance. You probably don't need life insurance your whole life. Yeah, you probably only need it until the kids are out of That's the house. That's what you recommended. Yeah, 15 ten to fifteen years. Year? Well, 15. my husband's against all insurance. So well, good for him. Like, no, we don't need him. We don't need him. Well, he's wrong. What if he died tomorrow? Like, in all seriousness. No, but he's yeah. wrong. Jennifer, yeah, he's I wrong. I, I don't care whether business. he's against it or not. He's okay. wrong. Listen, hey, I, this very morning. Okay, this, good. I like it. This he's morning, wrong. this morning, <laughs> I was running with a good friend of mine, and he shared news with me that his mm-hmm. his buddy was in um, the Virgin Islands scuba diving, and we just found out he was just killed, ran over by a boat scuba diving. Right? Oh, God. So yeah. I'm just saying, you mm-hmm. never, I never heard that one. You never know what can happen. And if you think about what kind of financial impact you'd have if suddenly tomorrow your husband uh, was killed somehow and trying to oh, put everything God, together, yeah. money is not going to replace him, obviously, right? But mm-hmm. having some life, a little more life insurance to be able to not have to, any sort of financial worries can certainly make things a little He needs at least $2.5 million mm-hmm. of term life insurance. It's going to cost you a few hundred dollars okay. a month. Don't even tell him. Just tell him it's a cable bill. It, he won't even okay. notice it. It's a rounding error. It's not. It's cheap. Yeah. Term insurance yeah, yeah. is cheap. Yeah, and, and, and all you're doing is okay. it's risk mitigation. So whether he agrees with it or likes it or not, nobody cares. He I hate insurance it. too. Okay. And, okay. and frankly, okay. frankly, while we're on yeah. this, you want some additional liability insurance. I'm assuming oh, yes. you have auto insurance, right? Oh yeah. And oh, you yeah. need so a ten you million. Insur- you need about a ten million dollar umbrella liability yes. policy on your house. Okay. We have uh, we have one. I don't know how much. It yeah. Is, yeah. My guess is it's yeah. not ten million. And the reason being, no, I don't think so. The reason being is you have a six and eight year old, and assuming that they're normal six and eight year olds, they have their friends over, right? Mm-hmm. Who knows what can mm-hmm. all kinds of crazy yeah. things can happen, and you and typically and the more they assets sue? you have, the more insurance you have. Yeah, they sue people who have money. They sue people that have money. That's you don't who, sue someone yeah, who doesn't have money. That's yeah. how you. Get and the more sued. money you have, the right. more likely you are to be sued. That's just reality. Yeah, yeah. like it or not. So you just yeah. you, you, yeah, you need a good financial advisor. And then of the rest of your savings, yes, it's I really do. yeah. Well, yeah, and a, and a, uh, some plan, uh, and it's probably taken some time for you and your husband. To both have a conversation together, and sometimes an independent person can be a good kind of arbitrator, so to speak, and mm-hmm. and to kind of yep. like, what's the plan here, right? You're 35 years old. You've done great with this business, right? What's the plan with the with the dollars? You're probably not going to work at the pace you're working right now for the next 30 years. So, like, what? Right. And you could change your mind on the plan, but you're not going to. You don't want to keep two million bucks sitting in the bank forever. Yeah. Exactly. Earning two percent. Yeah. So have them listen yeah. to uh, have right. them listen to this show, um, playing back okay. the podcast. And remember, tell them we don't have a dog in this fight. We've never talked to you or know who you are, Jennifer. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I know. But the thing, the reason we don't like uh, UTMA's Uniform Transfers of Minors Act, the dollars become the child's, regardless of what's going on in the child's life. So you can't withhold okay. it from them. So that's why you don't use the UTMA. And I know they're six and eight, and they're angels and all that stuff. But you know, uh, yeah, the five twenty nine no, gives you complete discretion. Either. Yeah, complete discretion. The yeah. you want yeah, control. I don't want to set them up for the minor tax. I want to the, work hard for the yeah. minor tax savings. Uh, it's not worth it. I've had. I'm thinking of a client right now. They had a child had a, a terrible drug problem, and they were trying to figure out how do we hide these assets from them. And frankly, they hid them mm-hmm. from them. It, it's actually all you do is you put a little bit in account where the kid can find it, and you put the bulk of it somewhere okay, else. Okay, but I mean, just you know, if he was really resourceful, he could have eventually. Found he could have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah. Jennifer. No, I agree. Okay. So the hard part for you is done, by the way, which is yeah. The hard part for you is done, by the way, which is making the money. Yeah. And saving it. Okay. And saving it. Truly, two hard yeah. parts. And just because you make a lot of money, you can spend a lot of money. It doesn't take. You know, you charter a pl- yeah. private jet a couple times a year, and there goes your. 
your all your your earnings, right? Yeah, so, no, we're yeah. not doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. don't do that. No, no. no. <laughs> all right, hey, no. appreciate the call. Wish you best of luck, Jennifer. Let's, Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Let's continue on with calls eight three three ninety nine worth. We're talking with Kevin. Kevin, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Hey, how are you guys doing? Great. How are you, Kevin? Yeah, good. Listen to you guys every week, and I, I got to tell you, I just called in to you know your one eight hundred number for a simple uh, question, and they decided to do you know said the radio would be best, and. I talked to like three people, and they were the greatest people I have talked to in a long time. Are you sure you called our company? company. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. You guys helped me about three or four years ago on another pension problem I had, and it went through perfectly. I just sent the HR the uh, podcast, and I got an answer. Really? Like the next Monday. Yeah. Really? That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It was a. Uh, uh, we had a. Uh, Profit sharing program that got flipped into a 401k, and they couldn't tell me because the owner died, which was I'd already paid taxes on the profit sharing, and yeah, I just sent that to them. Boom, I I got oh. a call. Okay, well, how can we help you today? Hopefully, simple call. Uh, I was in a union in Sacramento or in California for only like. I just barely made the 10 years on it. So I've got like 25 grand in there. But they keep sending things saying, you know what, it used to be more. I think it was like 35 that we're, you know, we have no money. We're, this is going down. This is going down. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm 59 years old and I am totally disabled. I, my question is, is there any way since I'm disabled that I can take this money out now before it's not there anymore. Maybe. Maybe. Because I called them, they told me no, but of course they they will, you know. Well, so so tax law allows for it, right? And so if this was a basic 401k. No, no, no. No, I, this is a I, pension I, with the union. Right, right. So, so, we're, so we're stating that if this were just a typical 401k, yes, you're mm -hmm. disabled, you can have access to those dollars. Because okay. this is a pension, this falls under the pension plan itself. So their doc, their pension document. So w that's why we said it may, right? So I mean, this was a big union. It was the it automotive, uh, aerospace workers, machinists. Yeah, it's uh, it doesn't matter. Um, okay. Like Jimmy Hoffa ran a large union. No, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> many of them. <laughs> so. Um, so here's what you can do. You can see if you can take a distribution from it. You can see if you can roll it over. Or sometimes you just actually have to start a stream of payments on this. Due to the fact that you're disabled, the pension doc probably allows for some sort of um, the pension documentation or plan design may allow for some sort of a distribution because you're disabled. And so when you say you're disabled, are you on Social Security disability? Okay, yeah. so you're 100% disabled. So exactly. here's your three choices. But it sounds like the, he called the plan. They already told him no. Yeah, they told me. But, you know, I don't trust them either. You well, know? I mean, of course they're going to tell me no. So, But but he's got to have access to at least the stream of payments, Scott. But they said not until I'm 62. Unless you're disabled. Did you tell me you were disabled? Yes. No, the plan might not have any provision it for disability. Not, huh? The the only way to find out is actually to get this this the the plan description, and you have right to that. Yeah. You can get the plan. You could actually get the what they call the summary plan description, right? And it's public okay. information. Get the full plan. Yeah, you could get the. Full you could plan. probably find it online. Yeah, you dig around That's for true. it. That's true. It's called a plan description. It's public record. Every pension plan out there is of public record. Any qualified pension plan out you know, there? And is. you think these people would have to be insured for this? You know? Oh, they might be. No, I mean for they're running out of money, so they said you're you're you know. No, no, they you're might. not going to be able to collect as much as you but, should. No, but they might be. They they might be giving you a net present value of a stream of payments in that uh -huh. plan, which may or may not have anything to do with what the stream of payments. And it might be a plan that's covered under the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation. Right? Even if it went to zero, you still have a monthly pension coming. So that's what I said it might okay. be. We're, but right now, we're just sitting here, Scott and Pat are just sitting here no, speculating. No, I, I know, I know. But here's what we do know. If, if you were 
uh, my brother, I'd say, you know, funny enough, your name's Kevin, and I have a brother named Kevin. That's weird. Adam <laughs> McLean with a Kevin? Just pick Patrick, an Irish name. My last Curly, so I'm Irish too, man. Uh, yeah, so just pick an Irish name, and I've got a sibling named that. Um, so I'd say Kevin, uh, which yes. is the name of my brother. Uh, go and get the plan description and look up the uh, distribution options okay. on the plan description. That way you're okay, not then. actually talking to anyone. You're right. just looking I have at the some rules. In front of me. Yeah. You're looking at the rules. So if you Google okay. the name of the plan, there's a. There's a 90% chance you'll be able to find it on the internet without um, right. digging too far. All right. I All right. appreciate it. I'm just afraid they're not going to have any money by the time I. Well, you're going to do That's why <laughs> you need to read through it. It might be covered under pension we benefit guarantee. Right. Pension All benefit right, guys. All right. Thanks. Appreciate thanks, it. You're listening. I'll right. listen to it on Saturday. Well, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about two things. One is the SECURE Act, and we're going to go a little deeper on. Um, this advisor who was charged by the Securities Exchange Commission, and really how you can avoid something similar to in the future. We'll be right back. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen. Pat McClain. By the way, if you've been like, who's Allworth? A handsome McLean, we rebranded seven months ago, eight months ago. I don't remember. Long time ago. And we re- still the same company. Same people. Um, we rebranded to better reflect the services that we are offering to our clients. Yeah, same. Yeah. So same same leadership. Our same, tax services. Same. I'm trying to think what's what's oh, changed. The, the names changed. The name. Our website's changed. It's nicer actually. <laughs> I think so. You think so? Well, that's. Good. I think so. All right. So, um, the there was a. We talked about this in the past, and then it became the law. It's called the it Secure got, Act. Matter of fact, the Secure Act gets shoved in right at the very end of the year. Uh, but the Secure Act made some changes for retirement plans. A couple of the things out there it made it easier for small companies to band together and have a essentially a shared 401k which actually what the, the hope there being is that more companies adopt 401ks because it will be less expensive and less cumbersome to do and quite and it, and it, it uh it reduced some of the liability for employers who wanted to offer annuities immediate annuities in their 401k plan so um that shouldn't essentially insurance lobbying <laughs> insurance I, companies industry did a pretty good job lobbying to say Help us get more our, our insurance products and four So Scott, so just thumbs up before we dig into the whole thing. Thumbs up or thumbs down on the Secure Act? Oh uh, no, that's not a fair thing to ask me. Why? Well, because for m- many clients, thumbs down. Okay. From a taxpayer payer standpoint, I mean, I understand the changes. Okay. There's many good things. I was first going over that. Uh, you can contribute to an IRA regardless of how old you are, as long as you're working. So if you're 78 and you want to keep working, you can Good thing. put your money into an IRA. The required minimum distribution was pushed from age 70 and a half to age 72. Good thing. A whopping year and a half. And at some point in time in the future, there's probably going to be changes to how much you actually have to take out each year. But that the, the IRS will probably deal with that because that's what happened in the past. Um, but as of now, it, it hasn't. It just essentially gave you another year and a half before you have to start taking distributions. Have um, to start. Have to start. But the big change, particularly for those that have larger retirement savings, is this concept of being able to stretch out your IRA for uh, for your children for decades is now gone. So it used to be, and if you died prior to, to 2020, your heirs can take your IRA. Let's say you left a million bucks. They could take that million dollars, which hasn't been taxed, but they can spread that million dollars out over their life expectancy. So if you were 75 and you passed away and you had a 20-year-old, they could take distributions on that for the next 50-plus years. My as my wife's uh, mother passed away a dozen so years ago, 11, 12 years ago. My wife her- inherited a small IRA. And so each December, she takes a, 
distribution based upon her life expectancy. She was roughly 40 when her mother passed away. Her life expectancy at that time was roughly another 42 years. So each year, she's the first year, she had to take out 142nd, the second year, 141st, the third year, 140th. In any case, that is changed going forward. So under the new rules, IRAs, 401ks, Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks, Keo plans, profit sharing plans, 403Bs, qualified plans. The dollars need to be spread out within 10 years. Okay. So the reality. There's a couple little exceptions for disability. People who are chronically ill. Um, but the reality is, Scott. Or spouse. Most people that inherit. Spouses is, are exempt from that. Well, correct. So it's non benefit, non spousal beneficiaries. But the reality is. That this affects very, very few of the population. Only to have the tendency, not only because there are many, many rich people that inherit that that have named their children as beneficiaries in their IRAs, and they don't stretch those distributions <laughs> okay. out. They just so the amount of people this is truly going to impact because we see we see the pe- people have a million dollars in their IRA. They they pass away. They have three children. Maybe one child is quite prudent. Maybe. But usually they're spent within 10 years anyway. Yes, correct, correct. So I think it's almost a non-issue. But not, but not, but there's also people with larger balances that have other assets and kids are quite responsible. And we've got, I don't know. We have I'm, lots of those clients. We probably have hundreds of beneficiaries well, yep, that yep. are taking stretch IRA distributions. That's right. I don't That's know right. exactly, but I would guess at least hundreds on stretch IRA beneficiaries. So we can't but, give it a thumbs up or thumbs down. But, but I don't think it was all that good or bad, this the well, it's New bad, Secure Act. It's, it's bad if you it's bad if here's where it really hurt. If you focused on converting a bunch of money to a Roth IRA so that your kids can take them over years and years and years and years, and now they have to take it out in ten years, yeah. it will change how you uh, whether you convert to a Roth or not. It could. Which has always been the case kind of with us, is that you have to actually look at your uh, beneficiaries' income tax levels as compared to your own when to com- if but you know it's interesting if so you're converting like you said this is going to impact a small percentage of the population those only those with very large retirement plan balances the good savers so essentially taxes just changed Congress just changed the rules so the money's distributed earlier sooner and yes the, the people it impacts are those that saved well that have large retirement plan balances the wealthier. Because if you didn't have a large retirement plan balance, it's not much to leave your kids. It's probably not going to get stretched out. But when we talk sometimes about there could be a change in Social Security distributions. This is it. This is. I don't know how you could be intellectually honest and say that's that's an impossibility. When you look at what Congress just did with this. Good point. So, anyway. Financial planning, planning, Scott, does not take place in a vacuum. Here's where it's a bigger impact. Uh, it, let's assume you had set up specific trust, and this is somewhat common. And some of our clients, we set these up. A specific kind of trust that's designed to do just this. To pay it out over a series of years. And sometimes your kids, you, you, know, you trust your kid and they're in good shape and you list them their name on it. Other times you think, yeah, they're not that responsible at this age, or I'm concerned about a spouse getting their hands on the money, or they've got a drug or alcohol problem, so you set up a separate trust for this. These separate trusts are going to need to be, they're all going to need to be looked at, and many of them are going to need to be rewritten for that. Because they're in conflict with the tax law. Yeah, because the tax law just changed. So, thumbs down for that portion. Okay. So, it, it is what it is. Whether it it's is. good, bad, it is what it is. So, if you have, uh, if and beneficiaries of your IRA are a trust, then you need to actually go back and revisit that. Yeah, sorry. Let's uh, head to the phones here. Our contact number, 833-99-WORTH. We are in New Jersey talking with Rick. Rick, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Yeah, how you doing? Hi, Rick. I got, um, I got two questions. One is about uh, Roth conversions and whether to contribute to a Roth or a, uh, a regular 401k. Okay. Uh, we got, between me, me and my wife, we have about 400000 in IRAs, which I converted 50000 last year. Uh, we have a small business between W two and K one. It puts off about three hundred thousand a year. Um, this is the first year we're going to we're doing the four hundred one k. We were doing a simple before that, and 
I want to convert up to the 24% uh, tax bracket, whatever I have available. And I don't know if I should still continue to convert this year. What was your income last year when you converted the 50,000? 300,000. My, my accountant figured it out that we, you know, by the time I take the 20% off the, uh, oh, so. you know, the company profit, which was like 180. And, uh, are you, are you going to stay in New Jersey long term? Probably. You don't plan on moving to Florida like everyone else? No, well, that's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> At least six years in a day. Six months in a day. I mean, the reason we're asking because New Jersey is a, one of the top three tax states, right? In the, in the country. So, right. When you do a Roth conversion, you're choosing, you got 400,000 retirement plans. You are choosing to give the state of New Jersey some tax dollars on that that you would not give to New Jersey if you were a resident of Florida. So if, in fact, part of your plan or part of your dream is to one day live in Florida, whether it's full time or seven months out of the year, we would say don't bother converting. And it's questionable whether you should convert an income use, uh, of that high anyway. Because what, Jersey, you're about 9%, top rate, somewhere in there? Yep, exactly. But in New Jersey, I believe uh, when you put into a uh, traditional uh, you know, IRA, you're t you don't get a tax deduction for it. You get a tax deduction if you contribute to a 401k, but not to an IRA. So I believe when I'm converting, I'm not going to pay state tax on it. I don't know that. I'm when you're converting, you mean you're not paying a state tax on a conversion of a 401k right now? Because you never. No. The oh, I don't know that. 401k. I don't know that. Yeah, I don't know that. I don't know that. No, the 401k. That's the I just first I've, this year. I have you never. Know, so. I got it. I have never read so, anywhere. So what's your your that, question? So we're we're going to defer to your accountant uh, for this uh, because of the intricacies of that state law. I mean, if your accountant believes it's a good idea, usually accountants are. Maybe he's a little shaky, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know if I got the right guy. Well, okay. <laughs> so on the surface, I wouldn't, I, look, look, if, so on the surface, when you said your income was three hundred thousand and you converted fifty thousand due to an RA, Scott Hansen and I just looked at each other like, <laughs> why would, why you, do would that? you do that? Right? Well, I, I, I kept it up. I kept it in the twenty-four percent tax bracket. Right, but you the know, way, I, I, but but most no one's paying. So, but even at the twenty-four percent tax bracket. The the way it works is first of all it's progressive tax so, so there's some that's marginal not, rate some that's not taxed at all some it's taxed at lower rates but as we, our income gets higher we also start losing our itemized deductions so our effective rate could actually be higher than these listed capital gains rates on those next dollars converted and so and the way you do it is you model the tax the easiest if you way had, to do is to model the tax return if you had you know, if it was four million or Forty million in retirement accounts, it would be one thing, but but it's four hundred thousand. So we're not really worried about your required minimum distribution at age seventy and a half. So on the surface, I question the head scratcher. Yeah, when you said that, we just looked at each other like, well, I'd like to hear the philosophy behind this. Because um, I'm not, I'm not convinced. Well, we, we plan on putting in uh, about eighty thousand a year for the next ten, twelve years into the four hundred one k. So I figured I'm going to be over, you know. But but you're putting but, but forty you're putting in, in and then taking and you're 50 taking out. out. What's the point? Why didn't you set up a 401k that allows just a Roth contribution and not even go through the exercise of in fact well, that's I did what for I did this year. Do. I, I okay. started it this year. So but I, I don't know, even know my, if that's, that's the second. right thing for you to do. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'd, I'd take the I deduction. Don't. I do not. Uh, correct. I would take the deduction. Okay. So uh, here's we're, what, we're in high tax California. Yeah, I, I probably will be here the rest of my life, but you never know. We're beating you guys. Congratulations, <laughs> California. <laughs> um, but so so you 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 answered the, your own question by saying that you're not 100 percent confident in your CPA's ability. Yes, I'm right? just thinking if you got if you Rick if you if you sat around a table of ten advisors, certified financial planners and CPAs, I bet I would have trouble. Thinking one or two would think would would advise. It, yep. it, it's all a, it's a crapshoot. Nobody knows the future, right? So, but, but if we look at probabilities, risk mitigation, I can't think of many people that would recommend converting fifty grand to a Roth. No, and and I can't think of any many people that would actually say make a contribution to a Roth. No, not at the, your income level. Not at your income level. Okay. 
So if you're you thirty thousand a year, you, it'd be an easy one. You need to go find a new accountant or a new financial advisor, or probably both. Who helped you set up the four hundred one k? It's an advice. You know, it's through a, a f- zero price. Okay. You know, them. So, so the, the mere fact that you're moving from a simple to a four hundred one k now means you're a little bit behind the times. Well, true. I got a small. Don't. My company's small. You know, and. Well, all companies start small. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's how things start. All right, appreciate all right, the call. Rick, yeah, glad you called. You got it. Yeah. Right. And remember, what, what brought you, when you're running a company, what brought you here won't get you there or you'd be there, which means the same advisors that brought you to the date, to the place you are today, may not be the same advisors you need in the future because – Sometimes you outgrow the competency of the people that well, you're Well, it sounds like he already from. is questioning his account. A little shady, I think is what he said. Yeah. Okay, now we want to um, – and we had some debate internally on whether we wanted to even discuss this case because um, – Well, because – Well, first, first – um, if you've listened to the program for a long time, you understand that – we we give respect to those people in our industry that are respectable, and we give credit to other firms. And there's great advisors at there's great advisors at Merrill Lynch. There's great advisors at Wells Fargo. There's great advisors at Edward Jones. There's great independent advisors, but there's also some lousy advisors at Merrill Lynch and Wells Fargo and Edward Jones and, <laughs> and independents and independents. And the problem is for the average consumer, it's hard to tell the difference. It's hard to tell the difference. It's really difficult to tell the difference. And we've talked in the past. There are some basic ways to tell. And uh, this last year, I had a neighbor of mine that uh, he literally lived around the corner that was um, charged and convicted. I maybe pled guilty um, to bilking seniors out of about three million dollars. And because he called himself uh, an investment professional, but he was had no licenses whatsoever. And we talked at the time about here's how you could have figured this out to begin with by going to simply Googling broker check, entering the person's name. And you would have found out that this person was previously licensed as an investment professional and had some customer complaints and dropped in all of his license. So what happens when he dropped the licenses? He was no longer under the jurisdiction of the regulatory authority. That would monitor him. But broker check would have showed you that he dropped the licenses. Correct. Or broker check would have showed you had this person had any previous uh, complaints, run-ins, fines, uh, expulsions from uh, any of the regulatory bodies that uh, supervise the industry. Now, a couple weeks back, the end of December, the Securities and Exchange Commission charged a registered investment advisory firm with fraud. And the reason we're bringing this up because it's in connection with his radio show. Yep. So they, and they, they charged Sacramento-based Springer Investment Management and Keith Springer with defrauding hundreds of retail clients, many of them in or close to retirement. And we'll point out that this is just a charge. Yes, they have charged him. They haven't convicted him. Uh, the SEC complaints uh, that they received, the firm received millions of dollars in undisclosed compensation and other benefits for recommending certain investment products while claiming they did not have any conflicts of interest. So you would talk about how there were no conflicts of interest, but on the side was receiving compensation. And we know exactly. Well, we don't know exactly. So as a red- as a, re- as a registered investment advisor, Allworth Financial is a registered investment advisor, uh, we are required by law to disclose any potential conflicts of interest that might exist, where we might have a conflict of interest, and we disclose that. And it's you can go you can go onto the Securities Exchange Commission's website and pull up Allworth Financial, and you can read right there our disclosures, and you'll see all our disclosures. It's called Form ADV. Yeah, and it'll list it all out. We are required by law to do so, and we take it, frankly, quite seriously, the things that we need to um, disclose. Uh, As an example, I believe we received some 
a technology reimbursement f- uh, from a, uh, a, a brokerage firm where we have some of our clients' assets held there, and they pay for some technology. That's disclosed. Any sort of conflict of interest is dis- disclosed. And so what the Securities and Exchange Commission, what this says is that these things were not disclosed. And based upon, Pat, what we have seen from people that have come in and talked with us, there is one gentleman, professional, retired, 71-year-old. His entire investment portfolio consisted of 11 different equity index annuity policies. With an account balance of what, $1.7 million? Almost $1. $2 million. Yep. All put in from two different companies. All had surrender charges of greater than 10 years. And this gentleman came to see us because he wanted to inquire about us help, helping to manage his money. And we said, you, your, your money's locked up for another 10, 15 years. And they were all sold to him by Springer Financial. Keith Springer and Springer Financial. And Springer Financial would advertise that they are a fiduciary, that they're a fee-based advisor. And what they were not disclosing is that when you'd go in and see somebody at Springer Financial, oftentimes they were sold an equity index annuity. And here's the strange thing. The insurance lobby, and this is one of the reasons we can't stand equity index annuities. It's just the complexity of them, and you're having your money locked up. As a general rule, don't invest in something that you cannot get out of. Yeah, regardless. There's of, too many other great products you, you don't, out you there. You don't know what it, you don't know when you're going to get the money back, right? If you could get the money back, all all investments have a form of risk. Some have inflation risk. Some have loss of principal risk. Every investment has a form of risk. But what's most important for most investors is to have liquidity. So, in that vein, we're going to play a clip. Uh, that uh, we uh, was a call from back in 2017 that someone that called our firm. And uh, we're going to play it for you right now. All right. We are talking with Sarah. Sarah, you're with Hanson McLean. Hi, how are you? Hi, Sarah. What can we do for you? Um, I had a question in regards to, I have some money that is invested um, with some advisors and that because I wasn't comfortable with what they were doing, I had the money, the stocks or whatever it was, sold and put into cash. And I was told there would be no fees on the cash um, in my account. Well, I got a statement recently that showed that there was a fee charged for, how I guess, for management or something. How big is the account? It's $300,000. And, and what was the fee? It was $1,400. Oh. Holy smokes. Okay. So they are continuing to charge you a management fee on these dollars, even though they are sitting in cash. For 1400 for what period of time? For, was it three months? It was for three months. Wow. wow. Not only, listen, nice. not only, not only uh, should they not be charging you a fee, even if they were fully invested, that fee is high. Is high. So I, you know, if you call them and said, "Look, you shouldn't be charging me this fee. I've been in cash." They they should reverse. And that. you should get that money out of there. I did actually call them um, because I I had called the money is money that I received from a life insurance policy. So it's a real emotional tie to the money. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I have to do with the money as of yet. So I just wanted oh, the money God. someplace where the principal would be secure, well, and that's what I explained to them going in. And they had some changes in their um, employees. And so I cash turned it to cash is what I had done. I talked to the gentleman that owns the company, I guess. And he told me that he can't reverse the. He's lying. Come on. Get the, yeah. That's wrong. That's wrong. He said he has to charge me a fee. He no, doesn't, doesn't have to. Oh, okay. He just flat out, that's- Sarah, he doesn't have to. He can do, he can charge you're you welcome, a fee. You're welcome to mention the name, by the way. Yeah. Say the name. It's Keith Springer. Oh, gosh, darn it. He. Ah, listen. Golly. Everything. This guy. This guy. Was um, the the money he took part. They took part of the money and put it into an annuity. He's gone. And they told me after 10 years that it would double its money. And and I would be able to cash it out. Sarah, come and see us. Come and see us. We're not going to charge you anything. We're not going to charge you a dime. Okay, that was the recording um, of the call a few years ago. And not very often we, 
say, say the name, but it was, just seemed so egregious. So Sarah did come into the office, and it, this is what happened, which is uh, Springer Financial, whatever it's called, Springer Financial, was acting as both an insurance salesman and as a fiduciary at the same time because they sold an annuity and they used a fee-based investment management account. So when you look at these charges by the SEC against Springer Financial, you can understand that. I, it makes perfect sense to me. And he, the interesting thing is the Securities Exchange Commission does not have jurisdiction over equity index annuities. Technically, they are what's known as a fixed insurance product. They are not a security you don't need to have a securities license. In fact, you don't have to have any sort of education in securities. So the Securities and Exchange Commission could not charge someone and say, you harm somebody by selling them uh, expensive annuities uh, or uh, equity index annuities that had too long of surrender charges because that's they have no jurisdiction over that. What they do have is by saying, look, you haven't fully disclosed things and you've been hiding things and you represented yourself as a fiduciary and in fact you didn't act as a fiduciary you acted as a salesperson and a simple way to have found out that there were some issues and anyone you're working with now you might want to look at this simply google broker check if you google broker check and enter your advisor's name you will see what kind of regulatory problems he or she may or may not have had and in this case with Keith Springer, he was disbarred from the industry for five years. But Scott, more importantly than that, if you look at the regulatory, his regulatory record, sometimes you'll see complaints from customers on there. If anyone's been in the business any length of time, and those are, may or may not be substantiated. But when you start seeing complaints from the SEC or the Maryland Division of Securities or um, the New York State uh, Division of Enforcement, that's a big difference between a customer complaint and a customer yeah. complaint. Yeah. So I strongly encourage everybody to look at the background. If, if that woman who had called Sarah, had she done this before, she would have probably found a different advisor. And it's, it is hard enough to make wise choices with your finances. To, let alone to have people out there that are not acting in your best interest. And it, frankly, it's very frustrating. And so we took on some, probably some some risk here by calling this out. But I feel, and, I feel good. I think and, it was appropriate. And we're out of time. We'll see you next week. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.